0: Hi and welcome today to the People Helpers. I'm Deanna Rossi
1: and uh, Greg Rossi
0: and we have with us today a special guest. This is Ann Masullo. She's the proprietor of Avalon Downtown and we're excited to be here and we're excited about everything you have going on here at the restaurant and all the great things that are happening. We can see the activity behind you. and. Tell us a little bit about the restaurant, what makes it special, and why everybody loves downtown, coming here to Avalon downtown.
2: Well, you know what, Deanna, I think it is a lot, it brings back a lot of nostalgia for people. Uh, a lot of people grew up eating Briar Hill pizza, um, the wedding soup with the egg croutons. It, it, it's, it, it brings you back to a, to, a, to a great time in your childhood. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people like coming here. It's truly a family-run business. Um, my children, my husband, and I were all here. Um, I've got families working here, siblings. <laughs> oh, um, that's so nice. You know, it's sometimes it's second and third generation um, that ate this pizza, and now the kids are working here. So it's 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 a lot of family-oriented. Um, atmosphere and I think that's what people really enjoy about it. And you don't just have pizza, right? You have some other things? Yes, we do. We have um, fried zucchini chips that are a big seller. Um, As well as some of our other fried stuff that's all hand breaded. Salads are also another big seller tier too. Um, I use a hydroponic grown lettuce.
0: I didn't know that. So
2: um, it's really a great, it's really a great salad.
1: And if you're nice, Mike brings you out some fried dough.
2: Yes,
0: yes he does. <laughs> a little does. kiss
1: at but the it's end of only, the night.
0: That's only if you're only nice? Only if you're nice. Only so you're but nice. now cocktail wise and drink wise, what what is your number one seller? Beer,
2: obviously with pizza. It's kind of synonymous. We do have, you know, a lot of, we have a full bar with all types of uh, liquor, anything that you could want. We do have a very wide selection of um, bourbons. um, That we do have people that come in specifically for For the bourbon. Yeah, for a a bourbon. Um, So we do have a wide variety of that as well as like the craft beers. But those, you know, they come and go depending on the season. Uh, And as you said, the fried dough, which is kind of funny because in this area we're very used to sometimes the proprietor bringing and giving somebody something. And when we have people from other areas that come in, that maybe you're staying at the hotel, and we'll bring them fried dough, they'll say to us, no, 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 we didn't order this. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's it's really, really kind of cute how we do things here that other areas don't do. Um, Which is, it's kind of novel. Yes. And, and, it, and it you know and then there are people that my husband has conditioned and they'll look at me if he's not here and go are we going to get our fried <laughs> down now. and i'm like yes don't worry i will <laughs> get you your fried down
0: i love that now right now you have access from two points i mean your main opening and location is on federal street yes. in downtown youngstown but you recently added an entrance off the back off the the parking lot paid parking out, out the back
2: yes yes we did yes that parking lot I'm glad you mentioned it is paid we do not own it if you do, park you have there, access yes if you do park there you do need to pay but you do have another way to get into the building Now, there are stairs, so, I mean, if you are with a walker or a wheelchair. From the back, there are stairs, but it is at street level, wheelchair accessible from the front. Right, from the front, but the back, no, it is not. Um, But, yes, it does make it a little bit easier with everything that's going on down here, which is why we decided to put that door in. Um, That way it's more convenient for people if they're picking up their order or something they can just park even on the street, or if they're coming to eat, they can park, pay, and come in and and dine. Well, thanks so much. We really
0: appreciate featuring Avalon Downtown. As you know, we love being here, and we love you, and we love the family, so 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 thanks for hosting us. As an
1: aside, Ann and I grew up together in Sherwood Forest, (laughs) and then went to Mooney, and then we've battled Downtown Youngstown through COVID and construction, and we're survivors, and things are on so the up upswing um, and so uh, and some
0: people are watching from all over the country and they have no idea what's going on outside <laughs> this door there's massive construction outside of the restaurant that's being done by the city to improve the streets but it's been a very long and arduous process in, so that the, it's almost it, done We're
1: in, really in Darwinian form uh, the, strong will the strong will survive and the Avalon will survive and come and join uh, us here Thank you, and
2: thank you very much for both yeah. of you asking me to join you today. Yes. Absolutely, well, thanks so much. We'll, yes. we'll let you
0: get back to get all the to your other customers. customers. Thanks. Right. Thank bring you. the fried dough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, and as we were talking about, you know, this is such a great family restaurant, we've known the family for many years. And one of the discussions we wanted to bring up today was about family documents and individual documents. So whether you have a family or don't have a family, there's documents that we found in both of our practices that are super important. And we really wanted to kind of talk about that. So we saw it really come to light during COVID. You were seeing it in your legal practice. I was seeing it in my financial practice. You say that there's four documents that every person needs to have. So let's go through those. So what
1: are the four? And then we'll kind of dive into each of them. So the first two go hand in hand. That's a living will declaration, which basically says, if you're in a permanent, irreversible, unconscious and vegetative state, Mm per the doctors that you want to have your hydration and nutrition withheld and and not be artificially sustained. And then you have a durable power of attorney for healthcare purposes, which goes hand in hand, which effectuates that declaration. And the reason why COVID brought that into play so much is people were not prepared for having people on the ventilator. Now, obviously if, if there's a, ch- on a, right, if there's a right. chance of hope and recovery, the doctors will do everything they can. But these come into play when when there's no more hope, medical hope, and it really originated from Terry Schiavo, who was in a coma for I think what eight or ten years, and they could not pull the, in essence, stop the you know maintaining her electronically or
0: because the family didn't want to.
1: Well, no, they couldn't. They, they the couldn't. Fa-
0: family wanted. She to. had not
1: expressed her wishes. There was no mechanism to, in essence, end her life. And so she lived for years and years and years. So a lot of state legislatures, and this is created by state law, allows for the living will declaration only under certain extreme conditions to say, "Hey, I don't want to be on the machines. I don't want to be maintained artificially. Stop this." And and that's so why that's important. So let's dive into
0: that one, and then we'll get to the other. So you know, we found that that what the medical power of attorney is super important for many different reasons like you said in case you're incapacitated and then there's also some things when it comes to pregnancy as well right if that that is something that people really need to consider
1: sure I mean doctors are going to do everything they can to save the the mother's life the fetus's life there but there is a mechanism where if, if the fetus is determined not to not to be able to live then you may have expressed those wishes.
0: So the point is make sure that you consult with an attorney, make sure that you have these documents. They're super important. So those were two. It was the living will and medical power of attorney.
1: Right. And um, when you're in well, the next one would be just the financial power of attorney. And this is this is in her in her bailiwick really. Um, and that is a document where you appoint someone you trust to basically act on your behalf to do Sign a deed, withdraw money from a bank account, put your, you know, talk to an insurance company, make a claim, file a lawsuit, um, do all kinds of things as if you're doing it, Uh, or you could limit that power. How does that relate to the financial world?
0: Well we see it being used many different ways. So, Some people have a financial power of attorney. I deal with a lot of people in the military so when they're deployed they may have somebody who has financial power of attorney that has access to be able to make trades in their account or do certain things. Like you said some of them can be specific some just have a blanket financial power of attorney. So we see it used often as well as incapacitation.
1: So as the money lady do you ask your clients do you have a power of attorney? I do. Why, do you, why would you ask them that?
0: I ask them that because it's really important for me to have that in my notes should they become incapacitated, that we know who it is that we need to contact and who has that ability to be able to handle it. Obviously, I've had a client, or, to, or well, clients, many, that have been in a state in which they could no longer... Be able to communicate, and somebody comes in with a financial power of attorney. That person can make decisions on their behalf with their finances. Well,
1: and and power of attorney is not just when the person's incapacitated, though. They Correct. may be saying, "Hey, you know what? I need five thousand dollars, but um, I'm in wherever, and and." you know, the power of attorney can do that for you. So
0: Right. I've seen, like I said, military or when somebody's on a vacation and if you had a power of attorney that could be able to make a trade. And we've seen this when, let's say somebody is out of the country, but a closing on a house needs to be done or a financial transaction needs to happen. Maybe they're selling a car, but they're in a different country. If they had a financial power of attorney, that person can go ahead and make those signatures.
1: Right. So the power of attorney appoints someone that you trust to act as if it's you and you can make that very broad, or you can tailor it or narrow it for a specific purpose, what's called a limited power of attorney.
0: Well, you know what people tell me all the time? I don't trust anyone enough to do that. So you could have somebody be that person that is an attorney or somebody that is not in your family.
1: Sure, usually spouses would name the other, Sure. um, and you know, someone, a trusted friend, but you also name an alternate in the event that that power of attorney is unavailable or, or unwilling refuses to act, the, the, the second person could then act. Um, but the key up to a financial power of attorney is you're acting as if you're that person. So you cannot do it for your own benefit. You cannot self-deal. You cannot exceed the scope. And you do there could be repercussions.
0: And so you're actually better off having a financial power of attorney because then it legally protects you if they acted out of your benefit. Then there are legal repercussions where I've seen people say, well, my, my wife or my girlfriend, she has my passwords," And that's actually illegal for them to go in. It's a felony if they go in and they act on your behalf with your password. So that should be something that your people are very conscious about. Is not just saying, oh, well, someone has my passwords. They'd be able to handle some things
1: for me, right? And <clears throat> recently, there's we the powers of attorney have been expanded because of this technological technological world that we live in, where you need access to, uh, you know, Venmo, PayPal, these financial instruments. You need access. I call it the
0: social media. Social, cause, well, it's called it's it, called it, the uh,
1: digital assets. Digital, assets. but it also deals with social media. Anything that you have online, password. Um, you know username etc if if the person has granted you a power of attorney that allows you to act as if it was you in that context and you're you're going to eliminate a lot of problems lot of potentially
0: problems. and so one of the things that we have seen is We've seen people, let's say they were on a ventilator and then their Facebook account got hacked. Well, the family didn't have a financial power of attorney with that clause in it, so they try to get in touch with Facebook. Facebook can't do anything, so now this person's reputation has been just obliterated. And it's really important to have these media clauses, right, that that clause in the last document, the last will and testament, because somebody is going to take that over. Right.
1: We, We recommend these four documents to everyone, whether or not you're single, whether or not you're married whatever it may be Um, and the last one is the last will and testament now that's very important because you're again once you pass away if you have a power of attorney the power of attorney ends terminates Uh, so that person that you designated no longer has the authority to act on your behalf you have to be the either the executor or administrator and then appointed by the probate court to carry out your affairs so again that person that you name to handle your affairs, it's gotta be somebody you trust. Frequently, you name the same person as the power of attorney, you trust them to do the power of attorney while you're alive, right. you're gonna trust them to carry out your affairs. In this current day and age, there's a lot of probate court avoidance which means you can do a lot of planning and you see that in yours right because oh, what about beneficiaries do you, do you utilize that or so
0: I tell everyone have a beneficiary on every account so even your bank accounts your investment accounts your life insurance obviously you list a beneficiary and the beneficiaries IRAs, are, 401ks. Oh, IRAs 401ks so that helps first of all in getting that money directly immediately directly to someone immediately and it, there is some probate um avoidance with some of those different types of accounts and what it happens is i've had a lot of the uh funeral homes they call me up and say i heard that there's a life insurance can we have that directed to us we can make that happen it handles some things for a client that's dealing with obviously somebody passing away but we can handle all the financial on their behalf so beneficiaries are super important to designate that and if you don't have somebody that you trust to give the money to the thing with the beneficiary, we could have a whole topic just on beneficiaries, a whole a whole podcast. The thing with the beneficiaries is you can also list a trust. So if you don't feel like you have somebody to be able to handle those monies appropriately with the way you would, this is where you get into the fifth document. Now we recommend four documents for every single person, but there's a fifth document known as a trust. There's all kinds of trusts. That's its own episode. But you could designate a trust. Tell us a little bit more about how, in general, a
1: trust can be. The beauty of a trust is it's a private document, Uh, basically gives you much more control from the grave. You can be incredibly specific with respect to what you uh, want the trustee, the person you trust to handle the provisions moving forward in terms of the beneficiaries, how to distribute the assets, when to distribute the assets, under what conditions. Um, And there are a lot of other benefits for a trust, but that is much more complicated than just having these four documents in, in, in place going back to the the financial accounts you may want you may not want to put a second person on your account um, or you may want to put that person and do joint with right of survivorship or if you don't want them on the account that's with where the best be- to means
0: transfer on death or as the beneficiary so they have no access to that while you're alive they only get it while you're gone now we've also seen that a lot of people they have they think oh well i don't need this until i actually have money but one of the things we've seen is we send these kids off to college, they're 18 years old and then suddenly mom and dad have no access to the child's medical affairs, to be able to get medical information, they got in a car accident, and now mom and dad have no information at the hospital, so we suggest this, and we yeah. did this with our kids the yeah, moment you, they turn. You
1: turn 18, you're an adult. Uh, the parents don't have rights to that information. Uh, those are all—that's all protected information, unless you've previously signed an authorization. But what if you're incapable of signing an authorization? Mm-hmm. If you've given a parent the power of attorney, they'll have the ability and authority to get that information and, and act on your behalf or make healthcare decisions. And what we're trying to do is have you prepared for for things that come up unexpectedly. And uh, these are simple documents. Uh, attorneys will do them fairly inexpensively, mm-hmm. um, but it just makes sense. So consult your professional.
0: So we've got four documents. Four so we, documents, We want everyone every single to get it person as, soon as, you have turn, it. as soon as you turn 18, so we have.
1: Living will declaration, durable power of attorney for health care, financial, financial power, power of attorney, attorney, and your last will and testament. And,
0: and if there, if it deems necessary, if your term, attorney and your financial professional may, may also suggest this, maybe a trust would be something you would add on to that. Uh,
1: yes, if, if but that's going to be in a small for, percentage of, right. of situations. Um, but we're just wanting people to be prepared for, for life. Life happens. And uh, we've seen circumstances and you've seen circumstances where when these documents are not in, in, in order and your affairs are not in order, it's a nightmare for the family. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So uh, this is simple stuff. Uh, but it's extremely important. And there's mechanisms, do you have mechanisms to like keep these documents secure, or how do you?
0: There are mechanisms to keep them secure. So there are all types of online vaults, and we actually have ones that have online vaults that can then email someone upon your passing and there's security on that. But there's many different ways you can do that. I think for a lot of people, they're so afraid that it's a morbid conversation. They don't wanna have this conversation. But I'll tell you what's even worse is being there with a family that's confused about the money, they're trying to figure out how to pay the the mortgage and the car bill when someone is incapacitated and they don't have access that is scarier that is worse have the conversation ahead of time right.
1: yeah and, and financial advisors as you indicated you're going to tell people to have beneficiaries i've seen situations where people have iras or 401ks and they failed to designate a beneficiary now you you hopefully that doesn't happen you're going to tell these people <laughs> primary beneficiaries contingent beneficiaries have that in place because if you don't and then it goes to the estate it could take
0: well you months know one of my or year before that money could be you know what available. everybody does well I shouldn't say everybody a lot of people do and I feel it's uh, erroneously it's not the best protection of their money is they may assign their underage children so, if their underage children are the beneficiary, there are some issues there with that money getting tied up. I, 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 so, that's when.
1: We've seen that with grandparents where they name their grandkids as beneficiaries of their life insurance. And if you're under 18, then you have to open a guardianship, then it's got to go into a guardianship, and then the, the grandparent didn't name who the guardian was, and you're and just it could creating get messy. layers. Now, on the other hand, you, the, the grandparent may not want the money to go to the parent. And so they're doing that and that's one sense of protection.
0: And that's when you may want to consult an attorney about having a trust to handle that to be able to handle those incidences upon your passing oh, versus the kids here we go kids.
1: fried dough uh-oh
0: i gotta we're show the fried dough
1: we're spoiled rotten well
0: you gotta come here to the avalon grab your fried dough and we hope that this information benefited you that's our plan is to help people with information that has to do with finance Cons- legal le- and consult life. your financial advisor life stuff
1: Cons- consult your <laughs> this
0: is life your legal stuff.
1: advisor and get these documents in place yep um and uh, we're happy to help. All
0: right, have a great day everyone.
1: From the People Helpers, see you next time.